The salvation of the world will only come through the family. See, I'm not speaking there in hyperbole. I'm not trying to make a sweet point about the importance of families. No, I mean, in point of fact, the salvation of the world came through a family. Jesus could have come as the commander of a vast army. He could have come as the leader of a political party. He could have come as a celebrity. But instead he came as a member of a human family. And there he ushered in salvation. That's why the church has always exalted the family as that fundamental cell of society. Society rises or falls as goes the family. And it's in the family that the Lord saves us. This fact is highlighted by today's feast. The the solemnity of the Holy Family, always so close to Christmas. Because it accentuates to us the importance of the family. Jesus did not come as a solo act. He didn't come with no roots, no ties. No, he came as a member of a long lineage of David. He came as a member of the Holy Family. Jesus, Mary, and Joseph. And there... He reminds us of how he wants to save us. It's through our families. Today we thank God for our families. Right there you might say, whoa, whoa, push the pause button, Father. I know your family might be good, but you haven't met my family. There's not much to think. But today we do the astounding thing of thanking God for our dysfunctional family. Not just for the good parts, but also for the bad parts, because God uses all of it for our salvation. Right? It isn't that there is some model family and that's the one that leads you to holiness, but all the other ones, no, God can't use that. Rather, sometimes God works more through the dysfunction in order to uh, help us be able to have patience, to have kindness, to be able to have that real selfless love than he would if everything was just hunky-dory all the time. Right, today we have the gall to come up to the baby Jesus and to say thank you for the difficulties that I have in my family. Thank you for the fact that I have to, on a daily basis, forgive and beg forgiveness. Thank you for the fact that these are the exact people that know how to push my buttons. And that is where I learn how to maybe control my anger, how to forgive. That is where I learn how to be an actually loving person rather than just somebody who loves in theory. Because the great trap that we can fall into is loving humanity but despising humans. Right To say, oh, I have this great love for humanity. I want to save the world. I want there to be justice and peace. But then the actual humans that make up humanity, the actual people in your life, You say, oh, no, 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 not this one. I love humanity in general, but not these people in particular. God saves you through teaching you to love these people in particular. Yes, the ones you grew up with. Yes, those that that maybe you still carry the wounds from a sibling rivalry that, that dates back decades. Maybe you still carry the wounds of not having the greatest relationship with your father, with your mother. 
Maybe cousins, uncles, aunts, grandparents. So many different things. So many different uh, ways that dysfunction can enter in. And we might resent God for it. We might say, if only I had a better family, Lord, I would have been a saint. And God says, no, 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 I want to make you a saint through your particular family. I, I, I want this family to be your vehicle to heaven. Now, that doesn't mean that you're going to have perfect relationships with everyone. That doesn't mean that you'll have maybe uh, a closeness and this, this, this real affection for everybody in your family. But it does mean that no matter what's happened, you will begin in your family that courageous path of loving when it's difficult. Right? Because I don't want to presume right now that I know all of the, the situations that you might find yourselves in with your family. Right? There might be wounds that cut so deep that, that you really can't at this moment be in the same room as someone. But what I challenge you to is even if you can't necessarily reconcile the relationship perfectly right now, that at least today at this Mass, you go through every single member of your family that you might have been estranged with, and you ask God, you say, Lord, help me to love this person. Even, even if we're not yet at that point where, where I might be able to give them a call, help me in my heart to start loving them. And not just in the, yeah, I guess I got to love them, but this ardent love, this, this desire for their salvation, for their conversion. This humility that says, Lord, reveal to me maybe what I've been blind to, which is my part in this. Where I might have also uh, 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 ruined this relationship in one way or another. Because God wants to save you through your family. Salvation came into the world through a family. Your salvation also comes through your family. Dysfunctional, functional. One that looks great on a Christmas card or one that you just don't like to talk about. Regardless of where it is on that spectrum, it's through you choosing to love the people that God has given you in whatever way you can. Sometimes it has to be from a distance. Other times, it's finally that moment that you have to just pick up that phone and say, you know what, I know that it's been decades. I know, I know that you might still be mad. You might never forgive me, but I want to beg forgiveness, and I want to love you. It's there that we, we, God forms that kind of a heroic heart within us. is through us courageously choosing to love the people that we had no choice in having be members of our family. Because right? our friends, we can curate them so, so carefully. We can make sure that all of our friends agree with us on all the most important things. We can make sure that we surround ourselves only with people who will say nice things about us, who will be able to make us feel so warm and fuzzy. Our family throws a wrench in that because we had no choice in the matter who our parents were going to be, who our siblings were going to be, cousins, aunts, uncles, grandparents, great-grandparents. But God works through each of them as an instrument. To teach us how to love. And it's that way that we end up doing what we said in the song. Right? We said it was quite beautiful a few times. Blessed are they who dwell in your house, O Lord. We might think, how can I dwell in the house of the Lord? Remember, his house was a home. Right? His house was not just the temple in Jerusalem. His house ended up being the manger. His house ended up being the house in Nazareth. His house was family love. We, we dwell in the house of the Lord the more that we're able to encounter Him in our family members. 
the more that we have the courage to be able to thank God for the ones that get under our skin, to be able to say, God, what are you trying to teach me in this interaction? Lord, how are you striving to love me in this relationship? How can I encounter you in the way that I treat my spouse better, in the way that I interact with my children, in the way that maybe uh, I reconcile with a sibling? God wants us to dwell in his house by inviting him into our home. That's where we're going to meet him. That's where we're going to learn how to love ever better and ever better. But we might think, once again, yeah, Father, I get it. That's all like nice language and stuff. But in the dynamics in my home, I just feel like I just don't like my role that, that, that I have there. And then sometimes I'll read in like St. Paul or St. Peter how he says something like, like, be obedient to one another. And I say, no, 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 no. I don't want that anymore, right? I've always, I've always done my part, right? But I don't want to be a doormat. I don't want anybody walking on all over me. Right? And so you know the exact passages I'm talking about where it might even say something like, wives, be obedient to your husbands. And then all of you get your pitchforks out and like, father, you better not agree with that. Otherwise, we're outside of your rectory and you're not going to leave. But it's the, 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 the way to understand that is beautifully illustrated in today's gospel. Right when it says, children, be obedient to your parents, wives, to your husbands, husbands, love your wives. All of us have a responsibility for one another. And that obedience that we have to one another, because it goes both ways. Anybody who's been married more than 15 minutes knows, oh, yep, it's going to be a give and take. (laughs) We read at the end of today's gospel, Jesus went down with them and came to Nazareth and was obedient to them. Friends, let that shock you. This is God incarnate. This is the one who holds all of the universe in existence, and he became obedient to two of his creatures. We see now that any time that in Scripture it says, this person be obedient to that one, it's not saying because that one that you're obedient to has a higher dignity than you. No, because Joseph and Mary do not have a higher dignity than Jesus himself. They are not greater than him. They are infinitely lesser than him. But he has the humility. He has the love to be able to say, as you wish. And so, we can have that be the way that we say, I love you, in our families. As you wish. How can I help you to be holier? How can I help you to have joy and have peace? Right? That's that that fundamental difference that needs to occur in our attitude toward one another in the home. To where it's not, how can you make me happy, but how can I serve you as Jesus served Mary and Joseph? How can I be Jesus in this home, in whatever is appropriate to be obedient to you? Right? It's, it's not being a doormat. It's not being walked all over. It's having that strength of character to be able to say, I will serve before I demand to be served. I I will be like Jesus to the various people in my family that annoy me the most. And it's in doing that consistently that God forms a saintly character in us. It's in doing that consistently that we can encounter him every day in the very people that drive us most crazy. It is in doing that that we can be among those blessed who dwell in the house of the Lord.